2: Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. We've got a packed studio here in sc 7 as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Birmingham City. Finally, we're back from the international break. Joining me in the studio, and I'll tell you, this is the, the, the most packed studio we've ever had. On my right hand side is Lewis Cat. Hey there, Lewis. Yeah, good mate, you're right. Yeah, good. Have you had a, a good international break?
3: Uh, no, I always miss it. So happy to be back more yeah. than anything. Ah, well
2: right. well, we're, we're glad to have you back.
3: Oh, that's nice.
2: Also here is uh, Tom Welling. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, all right. Thank you. How was your internet? Did you just spend the entire fortnight thinking about Johnny Williams? Pretty much,
4: but that's no different to normal week. Yeah, so, excellent. So
2: yeah, all good. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a chance that in, in fairness, there's not a game to concentrate on, so you could concentrate that's more on Johnny Williams. Yeah. Also here, making a, a, a bizarre appearance on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> we, never, we never see you on a Thursday, it's Terry Smith it, I, I thought you were just here to deliver chairs I, I'm normally in bed on a Thursday <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, it's just going past my cocoa time
5: yeah, I didn't The old people's going to let them out for the yeah, evening I, was say.
2: <laughs> I didn't realise Thursday was your special evening tale. But, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they, yeah. they get few and far between you know, yeah. And uh, So good to have you here And Thank you yep. did bring uh, tidings of new chairs as I'm, well the not, just,
1: not just tidings of new chairs And, and I've done something else because uh, Tom oh. put down the dream team has returned uh, and that got a few uh, barbed reactions from uh, from other uh, erstwhile members. Uh, not least, Garmy head chef. No, our Mark. Oh, current one. took because um well. he said, That's, that's it, mean. no more food. Don't worry, boys.
2: No, there we go. There and we go. also uh, back in the studio as good well day. Mr. Nathan Miller. Nathan, yeah. good to see you back. How you, are you, how you doing? Living the dream. <laughs> you're always living the dream, mate. Yeah. You're yeah. unstoppable. Yeah, Terry is just... now opening donuts on I'm the. I've slaved.
1: Oh, I've slaved. Right. No, none of this. Uh, Mark cooking. I slaved over a hot, um, well, Greg's counter. To <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg's counter? <double> <laughs> yeah, Greg's counter. He doesn't know Slaves yet. Over Greg's counter. So there Excellent you are. Donuts, stuff. people. Well uh, done.
2: Perfect timing. So on tonight's show, uh, we will be getting ready to look ahead to Birmingham. First of all, we're going to hear from uh, Lee Bayer uh, on the Lyle Taylor situation. The, those of you with camera phones... Uh, uh, everyone with a camera phone apparently spotted Lyle Taylor in, in, on his journey from Ebb's fleet to, to the training ground so we've, uh, we'll hear from Lee Bayer what the situation is with the Lyle Taylor injury because that is obviously uh, big news as the show goes on we'll talk about a couple of the headlines that have happened uh, during the international break we're going to hear from Ratish Mishra ahead of the China Athletic Women's Team's game uh, with London City Lionesses on Sunday uh, then we will turn our attention to uh, the home game with Birmingham on Saturday we're going to hear from Brian Dick from the uh, Birmingham Mail and of course Lee Bayer himself will give us a a preview uh from a Charlton point of view right so first things first um Lyle Taylor has come back from international duty with Montserrat with an injury uh we all want to know what the situation is Lee Bayer gives us the update right now
6: uh no only only Lyle he came back with um with a bit of a knock so we've put him in a in a brace just just precaution um we'll be looking to get him back out on on the pitch tomorrow uh Hopefully he comes through that okay and, and, and be available for Saturday.
2: There we go, Lee Bowyer. Um Not giving too much away with the Lyle Taylor injury situation, Tom. Um, how worried are you? Is it mind games? Is he fine? Is he going to be out for the rest of the season? Who knows? Uh, definitely not the, the rest of the season. But um,
4: <laughs> I, I am worried because obviously he's our main goal threat. But at the same time, I'm kind of weirdly interested to see how we get on without him because... There's a strong chance we're going to lose him in January and there's every chance at any point he could get injured anyway. So we need to be a team that can cope when he's not there. Um, So I'm interested to see if we can. Uh, With no disrespect to Birmingham, you know, they're not Leeds, they're not Swansea, they're not some of the the tougher teams we've got coming up. So for me, it's an opportunity to give him a rest and see how we get on with someone like Hemed up there. Chucks, who we were all saying just a minute ago, played really well against Reading. Trying somebody else up there and see how they get on. But... If it is an injury, then hopefully it's it's not too long because he's such an
2: important player, yeah I mean you say no disrespect to Birmingham. I'm thinking of making it a child policy that we are more disrespectful to our opponents ahead of the game <laughs> mind games, thank you Tom. um <laughs> naif i mean we Bobby is sort of hinting there's a possibility to be about on on saturday we've we've seen situations like this before. I remember Igor Vettikele last season uh, in the build-up to the playoffs where it was a little bit of, oh, we hope he'll be back Saturday. We hope he'll be back. He he was out for the rest of the season. It was a well-known fact. Um, I mean, do you think that could be the case here? Because also, I mean, it it, it just puts that little bit of doubt into Birmingham's mind about how if we are going to have a certain player on Saturday, does that affect them too much?
5: Um, I think in this day and age, obviously, the news would have reached uh, old Brummie land. And uh, they'll they'll, they'll, they'll probably prepare in both scenarios if he does play and if, if he doesn't. The only good thing, I think, if, if Taylor doesn't play is that they've not really seen too much of Hemed or Chucks playing consistently throughout the... So they might not actually know how we're going to set up if Lyle don't play. But if he does play, you know, judging by his RoboCop boot, it doesn't look <laughs> like he is, but I think you've got more chance of Corey Gibbs getting a game. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I like Tom, you know, I want him to play. Cool to do. But I think you know, it's not the end of the world, is it?
2: Yeah. I mean, if it is one or two games, Lewis, I guess that's something we will be able to deal with. We have got a little bit more backup now than if, if this was last season, you know, remember that the absolute panic and how poor we were in that situation where Taylor was suspended and kind of, kind of just gone uh, mm. last year. If this was last year, we'd be probably be in a, in a tighter spot. Oh,
3: definitely. Yeah. But um, as Nathan Thomas said there, it's great opportunity for the likes of, of Hamed and Chucks and EK as well to, to, you know cement a bit of a place and, and boost their competition for a starting berth because you know there is every possibility we are going to lose Lyle in January so we've got to prepare for that somehow because I think it's pretty inevitable that it's going to happen so it'll be interesting to see how how we set up I think Chucks was really impressive against Reading him I've not seen a huge amount of yet but I think he got a couple of minutes for Israel uh, in the break so he may come back a little bit sharper but we've got the players there and, and a a, a lot better squad than last season so we'll see how we go
2: yeah. I mean tell we know he's in he's in this sort of boot situation as a precaution so it, it could be that he plays Saturday um, I mean again do you, do you think like mind games like this are something that's worth worth deploying sometimes they
1: don't hurt I mean if anything the goalkeeper won't know how to uh, face a penalty now because he'd have probably been training for two weeks on how to defend Lyles penalties and somebody else is going to take one if assuming we get one Um yeah I think um Managers don't like playing the hands too early, do they? And so um, I don't even know how much uh, Bowen knew of the injury and the extent of it until Lyle walks through the door and um, as it were with the physio. So uh, the boot thing, I mean, you can buy them on eBay, can't you? So mm. uh, if um, if it's a genuinely bad one or if it's just, oh, I feel a tweak, let's protect it on the off chance. Mm. Uh, We'll only know when we know. It goes to show, Tom.
2: There's absolutely no hiding places for for footballers these days. If uh, if, if you're getting on the train, there's going to be a Charlton fan with with a camera phone, isn't there? One, yeah. one I knew as well. Actually, we had the photo sent quite early.
4: Yeah, and you see it the same with um, with transfers. We obviously had the the breaking news from the, your dog walker mate who saw uh, <laughs> saw people at the training ground. It's just the way it is now. You you don't get away with it. And like Naif said, you know, Birmingham aren't gonna not know how Chucks and EK plays or have never seen Hemeb play, the the data that they've all got now, they're gonna be able to study players, people are gonna be up to date with what's happening. So unless Boyer has said to Montserrat, can we have him back early, but can you put him in a brace so it looks like he's injured and has played a massive mind game, then we have to assume that, you know, it's not it's not great news, but hopefully it's not not too serious. Mm.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, knife the the start to the season we've had you feel this could be something that derails it. He's been one of our... I mean, he's our top scorer. Obviously, he got the, the most goals last season as well. This is obviously the knockback that we were fearing at the same time, mm. if he is going to be out for a while. Again, we still don't know, but it's how we react to, to playing without him as well that's important.
5: Yeah, and that's why you have a squad. Um, I know, obviously, Hemed isn't probably 100% fit, I would imagine, but he's a for me, he's a premiership player. You know, I think he's a very good player and to have him and Chucks, uh, Lou said just now, um, it's a chance for them to step up because we can't just keep relying on, I know it's e- it's easy for us to keep relying on Lyle, but sometimes you're going to get suspensions and get little injuries and it's how you react to it. And, you know, I think we're going to smash them on Saturday. I really do. I think we're going Champions League yeah, for <laughs> years. <laughs> no, but, you do, you know, it's time time for everyone to step up to the plate and, you know you, Johnny Williams will get injured don't cry but and I think and that's what that's what we've got to deal with these sort of situations throughout the whole season because it's a long yeah. season
2: yeah we had a couple of tweets that came in actually during the week as well Cappuccino uh, saying give me a shout out oh, I'm yeah. listening to Charlton live uh, in St Barts following heart surgery uh, so a temp, a, a temp absence from the Valley so hope you're feeling better soon Cap uh, F James welcome back you've been missed we are now in the most critical phase of our season I believe we will continue the brilliant momentum and take at least seven points from nine and we regroup and assess our after i know if bose gets manager of the month the uh, jinx is broken uh, as for my now obvious dislike of taylor talking about, that's ev's words there not mine obviously uh, let's hope while he still wears our shirt he gets us the goals by january and gives us a fighting chance he can go to past his new with my blessing and a boot up the backside while i'm at it i mean ev has mentioned his displeasure about uh lyle taylor before um
1: a blessings and a boot. Yeah, I mean, you, well, it's double jeopardy anyway. Yeah, but you I mean, somebody in to say hello yeah. to them and then you give them a kick.
2: I mean, we've had this discussion a couple <laughs> of times now. I mean, mainly because Evs brought it up, but I mean, we all know what happened in in Jantel with we, we, in, in the summer. Sorry, with, with with Taylor not going to to Brentford and he's still here and he's scoring goals. So I mean. Yeah, he might have a a bit of a moan on on Twitter about Simon Caravra at some other point, but surely the main reason we've signed a football player is for him to go out and play football on the pitch.
1: Look, um, a lot of people have said this, a lot of people have said about uh, there's a comparison between him and Parker, for example. Uh, You know, players just uh, thrown a strop and wanted to leave. And he may well have thrown a strop. Uh, He he had a few uh, words with some people on Twitter and then went off it for a while. That's entirely his option. But the point is, is uh, when um, Scott Parker, for example, uh, was refused the possibility of going. He threw a strop and refused to play for us again until and demanded the move. Lowell Taylor didn't get his move, which would financially have meant a huge amount. I mean, an absolutely huge amount. Uh, it didn't happen. As he, he might have thrown a strop off the pitch, but on the pitch, he's done exactly what we want him to do. And he's, he's knuckled down and, and put the performances in. Mm. And I don't think you can criticise him for that. Mm. If he goes in January, that's it's, it's horrible. I'd rather him stay. But um, at least while he's been here, he's, he's put a shift in.
2: Yeah, excellent stuff. Right, I mean, uh, Lewis, uh, it was also also mentioned there about uh, the Manager of the Month award for Lee Bowyer. Bo's up for that. Um, Taylor's up for Player of the Month. Um, I mean, I can't see a winner beyond Lee Bowyer for, for Manager of the Month, surely. I mean, you, you look at the, the, the Swansea manager, of course, obviously they're they're top of the division, but surely, surely we are more unexpected than that.
3: Oh, definitely, yeah. I think any, <laughs> if it's awarded to anybody but Lee Bowyer, it would be a, a bit of a... Oh, which would just be ridiculous, really. It'd but be a travesty. It would be, yeah. But then also, I, I yeah, do think from the from the Swansea side as well, they were sort of written off a little bit. And this and uh, the guy there at the moment who's, who's got I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But yeah, if you don't even know his name. Get rid of don't him. Don't even know his name. Get rid of him. Yeah, Steve Cooper. Steve Cooper. Yeah, he's he's come in uh, and again was probably written off as he went in there because he, he didn't have a huge amount of experience. Uh, so he's obviously overachieving, but nobody is overachieving as much as we are. You know, we've re- written off as relegation favourites before we'd even kicked a football and now we're, we're up in the top two and, and teams are starting to take us seriously. So it's a, it's a really good statement and just shows how good of a job everybody's doing and credit to and credit to Lyle as well. They both deserve it.
2: Uh, now someone else who's been doing a very good job uh, in, in the time we, we, we had off some, some breaking news was that Steve Gallen was made a director of the football club. Now, Sars, it seems like good news. I mean, uh, he's done a brilliant job with his with his transfer work, Tom, and, and, and that sort of stuff. I, uh, so, obviously, congratulations to him. Now, straight away, everyone's going, well, what's it, what's this got to do with this then? You know, How does this affect the takeover? How does this affect what Roland Duchatelet seems to be thinking behind the scenes? But the, the fact is, there's very little we can really work out from that. But it is good news for Steve, and, and it feels like good news for the club as well.
4: Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely not bad news. That's the way to look at it. And for anyone who's got valley pass I'd urge them to watch the interview with Ollie Groom that he, Ollie did this week because it's fantastic and gives just real insight into him as a man and and how he's got to where he where he has but Ollie asked him that question in there and he says to be honest not much of my day-to-day changes I guess what you can say is he gets a seat at that top table now so perhaps gets more of a view in the the overall strategy of the club or, or the club as a company and where that goes so I know he's not necessarily a Charlton fan but with everything he's done for the club it's hopefully someone else who gives a footballing voice to that strategy um, and that's obviously important because Roland isn't looking at us like that, he's looking at us very much as, as a business sense so to that end perhaps he's going to have more of a say in that I don't know, you know if things like the takeover how much involvement he'll have or what he'll be able to contribute to that point but to be given that step up I guess that helps and also he talks about the fact that now that he's a director he can approach different clubs or people at different levels at other clubs and have more conversations with them as opposed to just saying, oh, I'm the head of recruitment. You can say, Well, I'm one of the directors at Charlton, and hopefully that might. Um, I'll transfer. Uh Dealings have been very good anyway, but hopefully it'll give us an extra edge in that sense as well.
2: Obviously, Charlton have been suffering from well, not suffering as such, or yeah, yes, suffering, and but it hasn't really affected us. It seems too much, but we don't have some of these big, big positions. Feels like the CEO or the the head of finance. So to get someone in a more senior position, tell does feel like it, it needs doing, but it, it's still sort of doesn't really paper over the fact that we, we still don't have these people and and the longer i mean steve Gallen sort of said himself he can't have another transfer window like the
1: one he's just had where he's had to do everything well, you, do, you do wonder whether johnny jackson's going to be made ceo <laughs> grant Bayes is going to be the chief financial officer uh, if it's if because that's the way it seems to be going as um as tom said it's it's not bad news Steve Gallen's been absolutely superb for us. And so uh, whatever the reasons behind it, and I don't think anybody really will know until until the dust settles somewhere down the line, why ever he got it, um, it's great. Because A, again, as Tom alluded to, he's done a fantastic job just as recruitment. And B, um, he's been a marvellous servant for the club and, and people respect him. So if he carries that into the directorship role, then fantastic.
2: I mean, does it give away anything in terms of the takeover, Nath? Does this say, we're well, actually starting to fill more senior positions, it doesn't mean there's a takeover anywhere near? Or does it say, oh, he's filled a senior position just so everything's smooth for the takeover that's happening next week? I mean, it, it, mm. does that give away anything or are we just... I don't know,
5: I, just, I think a lot of people probably start thinking how great Roland is, probably, with a decision. <laughs> 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 no, I don't think it make, I don't think it makes a blind bit of difference. I think if Roland's already said that he wants to sell, but he's only going to sell it once he gets a price that he believes is true and um, representative, which everyone's opinions are different, but he obviously has something think different. I don't see it. I can't see it affecting a a takeover. Um, I think I I agree with Tom, where I think it probably opens up so many other doors to other clubs at at different levels, including recruitment, um, because you have that, That job title is a bit, obviously, it's a lot more seniority in it. So, but um, I think we're all hoping the takeover happens, but I don't think it's going to be like happening next week. No. Or anything like that, just because Steve Gallon's now a director.
2: Yeah, excellent stuff. I mean, something I've noticed, Lewis, over the last few weeks, which I found quite interesting is obviously we've had a great start to the season after getting promoted, um, but there are still these issues sort of off the field with, you know, lack of these, um, lack of long term. thinking perhaps with a lot of the players although this year that does seem to have changed a little bit with more two-year contracts being given out but still the manager and the coaching staff are on, on shorter uh, contracts yes there was a lot of bodies that came in uh, in the summer that had to be because there was a high turnover of players in uh, in the summer um, but still we have the lowest budget in the championship according to to, to Lee Bowyer now do you feel like I've I've seen a lot of comments on online, you know, on on uh, other shows as well, perhaps where people are saying, "Oh, maybe Roland's learnt his lesson now." I mean, is there has there been any signs that he's really had much to do with with anything that's gone right here? Because still in the summer, we had that situation with Bojo, and Like I said, we have still got the lower lower end of the of of the budget to to, to work with. We've still had. You know, Roland making some strange comments over the last few few months. Um, do do you feel like anything's changed, or is it purely down to what's happening on the pitch that people are maybe just not concentrating so much on what's happening behind the scenes?
3: Yeah, I I think the the on pitch results is a is a good distraction for what's going on upstairs. I think I, I don't believe that Roland can take any credit for where we are now. I mean, of course, maybe he's put his hand in his pocket a little bit. His very shallow pockets, we'll say. Um we're saying about turning down the Lyle move which financially would it have benefited us it would have done but they're talking about spending the money on someone else anyway the sanction of the move for Dick Steele was was from the footballing side of it so again he probably didn't really have a huge amount of involvement there and and getting the players in we haven't really spent anything we've spent a bit of money on, on McCauley Bond and, a, and a, probably a fraction amount of money on Ben Purrington but apart from that I don't think we've spent any money on a on a fee it's just been clever recruitment and decent loans and, and good relationships with other clubs. You know, Chelsea have obviously looked at what we've done with with the likes of Christian Bielik and Josh Cullen and, and put the confidence in us to to develop Connor Gallagher who's turning out to be a, a revelation. Again, Cullen's been sent back here for the fantastic job that that Boyer and Jacko did with him last season. And it's it's building those relationships. People see from the outside looking in, again even Johnny Williams is willing to take a cut in, in money to to stay here. He's now developing and getting man of the match for his national side just like josh cullen is so i don't think i don't think roland can take any credit for where we are i just think it's clever clever strategy from from steve gallan from lee bowyer about getting the right players in you know we've never as a club we've never spent big bucks so there's always been the ethos to bring in a player that suits the the charter model and, and that's what they've done on a shoestring budget so I think we've just we've not got lucky. We've we've been clever in how we've approached the season. We're lucky that we've got somebody like Lee Boyer that has the pull that he has to bring in young, talented players and and earns the trust of of those bigger Premier League sides to loan out their talents to us.
1: I have a gut feeling about this that um, it was more to do with the fact. I personally think anyway that it's more to do with the fact that uh, at some point, Desatelly thinks the club is going to be sold. He said it's his number one priority. He uh, and he had interested bidders. And so he thought, well, I'm going to sell it anyway. So you've got a budget. This is your budget. You work within your budget. I'm going to completely leave it to you. I've nothing to do with the footballing side of things at all because I'm selling and I've got interested parties. Of course, then he put a price up, which um, which affected matters. But what it has done is allowed Gallen, uh Bowie and Gallon to pick out the men, work within the budget they've got. Uh, I think the Taylor thing didn't add up for numerous number of reasons. One, because um, we needed to get a player in. Two, possibly it wasn't cash up front like the Dick Steel money, which uh, I believe was. So um, that is of less interest. Whether or not that's still the same come January, because it it would appear, because he put the price up, there are no interested parties anymore. (laughs) They've gone. So whether he still has the same opinion come January when offers come flying in for whoever will be very interesting to see. Mm. Uh, If he still remains uh, outside of it. Yeah, well Especially if it's cash up front
2: Yeah, well we'll see Right, let's have a quick break here On Charlton Live The Big Match People will be back In 30 seconds or so
1: Cullen Trying to take his man on Chip ball back across Bowers there Pierces there Bowers header And it's Charlie yes. Oh it's Oh it's has
5: oh, oh Patrick Bar, You absolute German beauty Dreamland. <laughs> Dream, Dream has scored With seconds remaining We've done it too Get in! Come on! What Let's a time go. to be a hero here at
2: Wembley! Oh my word!
1: Oh my word! Charlton Live.
2: Welcome back, it's Chowen Live. This is the Big Match Preview live on your Thursday evening or, of course, via the podcast afterwards. Don't forget um, to make sure you subscribe to the podcast in your Acast app or your iTunes uh, podcast app as well. Uh, get our show downloaded to your phone automatically twice a week um, during the, uh, not not during the international break because that's when we're having a rest. But um, you'll be pleased to know, well, I'm pleased to know and I'm pleased to tell you that our podcast download record, which I thought would never be beaten the month of the playoffs when we got 20-odd thousand, I thought there's no way we are going to get anywhere near that because our previous record was like 13 August this year we've already broken that again so loads of people are listening in so make sure you've, uh, you have you join the party and hit um, subscribe and make sure it gets downloaded automatically uh, twice a week to your phone or device now uh, it's been the international break as you all know we've had a couple of weeks off um, a couple of our players absolutely excelled uh, during international break uh, Josh Cullen and Johnny Williams both uh, were the proud recipients of Man of the Match Awards uh, during games for their relative countries and Lee Bayer said he was very pleased with how his uh, charges have been performing on international duty,
6: yeah, and 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 for me looking on on the outset for for myself, it's I'm, I'm really proud, you know, because like obviously Josh Cullen making his, his full debut, Johnny Williams getting back into the squad and 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 getting man of the match also. Like the pair of them, like you said, got man of the match. So for, for me being their manager, it's it's a really proud time because. They was both playing twenty-three football So, um, but now nah, Johnny looks like a completely different machine this season to, to the Johnny Williams that we got in January. Um, he looks he looks a lot fitter, a lot sharper, um, and that's why I'm guessing he, he got his start the other night and 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 got man of the match, which is, which is great for him, you know, to put his face back in the picture. Uh, and obviously Josh given a chance and uh, he's earned it. He's done really well for us. And um so yeah, he's they should be proud and, and so should their families.
2: So there we go. Two of our stars on international duty performing really well, both getting uh man of the match in in their relative games. Um I'm gonna we'll start off with with, with Josh Cullantel, uh since you're the Irish expert in the <laughs> studio. Um yeah man of the match. He, he he would have been really pleased with that. Um on his debut right. as well which is
1: on his full, full debut for Ireland I mean that's one hell of a performance from him that's a double edged sword I mean I don't think any of us are surprised are we um, in the performance he put in uh, the Irish public would have been surprised because we wouldn't have seen that much of him uh, the Welsh fans uh, sorry the West Ham fans would have been surprised because they wouldn't have seen much of him and they're probably all thinking why is he on loan uh, and that's what worries me because if he carries on well we know how good he is but if he carries on putting performances like that on the telly and in front of uh, in front of a big audience then um you know, West Ham might come calling back in January, and I don't want that. Uh, and and that's the way uh, international breaks are for me. I, I you know, I'd normally look forward to a bit of a break, watch a bit of football without too much pressure. But we've got so many players on international duty, and mm. and Johnny Williams is the same. He's he's now on fire for us. Fortunately, he can't go anywhere this year. But um, you know, He we, can do if we, someone comes in. Well, well a there is that in January, in. And, and you know, wants to, yeah, wants to put a bid in. It uh, it's just a worry mm. because um, uh, now. Uh, Either they play so well that other clubs come and nick them, or they get injured. Yeah. Either way, it's a stressful yeah. time for me now.
2: I guess for players, uh, Tom, like Josh Cullen, you know, they they don't get, like, he, he does not get the chance to perform on the stage that he should do with West Ham, you know, because there are some very good West Ham midfielders. Mm. Um, and so he probably does go slightly under the radar when he's playing here, in the, even in the Championship. Yeah. I think you don't quite get the. The, uh, the the coverage that you would do, for example, with Ireland?
4: Yeah, 100%. Well, the, again, you go back to both of them. You watch any of the, or read any of the reports or the articles in the just the general national press after and they just, you know, Josh Cullen brackets who's on loan at Charlton and, and that's all you get. You don't really get reports of them week in, week out in the same way that you do in the Premier League because it's the coverage there is just so much bigger than the rest of the league. And I know we're on Sky against Fulham, we'll probably be on, what, two or three times this season, maybe at most, That's the only opportunity a lot of casual fans really get to see them. Um, Even I follow, you know, if you're going on and watching that, chances are you're a fan of the opposition, so you're not really paying that much attention to the players from the other team. So, yeah, for them, they're going to be relishing that chance to play on that national stage, um, make make a name for themselves, and particularly someone like Cullen, who I think probably we would all admit is frustrated that he didn't manage to break his way into West Ham over the summer, is going to see this as a real opportunity to make a statement to... The West Ham management and say, "Well, look what I'm doing. I'm I'm playing week in week out at Charlton, doing very well, and getting man of the match now for my national team." So, uh, like Tell, obviously, I'm nervous about January. The the more he plays and the better he plays, but at the same time, it's we've just got to make sure we get the best out of him while he's here.
2: And we'll stay with you as our token Welshman about uh, Johnny Williams because mm. I mean, he was, uh, you know, he had some kind words, didn't he, from uh, from Ryan Giggs and from Gareth Bale during during the international break. I mean, he is. Another player who you know, with his fitness issues that he's had over the last couple of years, probably hasn't really had the chance to have the run of games that he's had with us over 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 the course of the start of this season. And we can see what a player we've got on our hands there when when he does get that that run of uh, run of fixtures in a row because yeah. he's been he was brilliant.
4: I, I've mentioned it a few times on the show about his, his performances in Euro 2016, um, and then obviously being the international break this weekend, I watched some of the highlights back of some of those games and. I don't know if he got man of the match in many of them, but he was running the show for for those games as well. Obviously, they lost to England, but he was amazing against Belgium. can't remember who they had in the round before that, but he was amazing against them as well. Um, and yeah, at that point, I remember coming away from that tournament and, and thinking, what a player, I'd love to get him down here. Obviously, he then found out he was at Palace and was a bit annoyed. And then he kind of dropped off the radar for a few years. I know he went to Ipswich, didn't really do much. Obviously, anyone who's seen the Sunderland documentary will know enough about his time there as well. And so when he came here, I was happy because, one, he's a Welshman, and two, you know, I'd seen what he could do at Euro 2016, but we hadn't really had a chance to see it for, what, two and a half years. But since he's had that run of games together, and since Bowie has given him that confidence back, he's just gone from strength to strength. And I watched the whole game over the weekend or both of the Wales games, and he was just, just sensational. And he's playing with players like Bale and Ramsey, but. He, he was easily able to keep up with them. And they're, you know, Bale in particular is a world class player, and he was just as important to that Wales team yeah. as he was.
2: I mean, we, we saw a trademark Johnny Williams run, didn't we, when he, when he yeah. set up the goal for, for Dan James, his uh, good, good finish it was. Now, uh, Lewis, you've done some research as well, because obviously we're, we're all talking about how the international break can be problematic in terms of players coming back injured, as we've seen with Lyle Taylor, or players accidentally being put in the shop window, like we've seen with the two we just mentioned. But also for players who haven't, you know, Play too much and, and need some fitness. Any game is a bonus, and you know it's it's like the checker trade trophy. International football is just as good at that, at that as well. And our two Israeli chaps are out there, and they, and they got some minutes in.
3: They did, yeah. So I think it'd be important for, especially sort of Barham Kyle because he's he's been injured. He's had a bit of a niggle. He's gonna have to probably settle in a bit quicker. Um, but that, that midfield at the moment, he's gonna have one hell of a battle to get into it, isn't he? So. He got I think he got about an hour over an hour over the two games and then um Hemed got fifteen minutes as well for Israel. So it's so all all important stuff. You know, they're gonna need that match sharpness, especially Hemed now if, if the, the Lyle injury is, is as bad as as the boot looks, which who knows. <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna be important for us. So he's gonna have to he's gonna have to yeah. get sharp pretty quickly. And then of course Kyle as well. He he's got a, one out of a reputation coming out of Brighton. Um so He can be important, but that midfield is is performing fantastically at the moment. And we were saying earlier about, you know, the likes of Aaron Ostomer as well, sat on the bench waiting for his opportunities. It's going to, to take one hell of a performance to, to pull people out of that midfield at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, Lewis is talking about that midfield there, Naif. Um, I mean, Berham Carr, we still haven't even seen him play in a Charlton shirt, but he's, he's a player who comes so highly rated. We just try and work out. I mean, there, there are so many bodies in there that it's, it's such a weird feeling to actually have that we, we've actually got a wealth of, of options to, to, to have in our midfield right now.
5: Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> for me, I think when, once Berham's fit, I think he'll probably be one of the first names on the team sheet for me. Um, but I used to follow him at Celtic. Um, he's, he will be a very good player. And that's why I agree. Because obviously when he came in, Bo said that he don't want to rush him. Because there's no point. Because like Lou said, we're playing alright at the moment without him. But he's going to be a good player. And it's nice to have a headache. For, well, for Bo's to have a headache... And not have to force people to play when they're injured because others are coming in and doing so well. And it goes back to the whole Lyle thing. So, even to you know to some sort of extent, when you looked at maybe last year the squad wasn't as big, but when Prattley was probably getting games, you probably had a lot of a lot of people probably to an extent, including myself, thinking, oh, you know, Prattley's playing. But then he was probably our best player out of all the three games in the playoffs. So. It gives people time to obviously try and put a claim to the spot, um, but it's nice to have that. And different—they're not all set the same players. Mm. We've got a, we've got different calibers of players in every position. So you've got you've got Solly. Now you've got Adam Matthews an attacking fullback. You know, so we've got so many different options now and we can play in so many different
2: styles. And that was the next point I was going to bring up. Obviously, again, during the international break, we have finally signed this Adam Matthews, uh, right back cover for, for Solly. Um, you know, we, we talked about him just before we went on the break about how he was sort of training with the club. I mean, you, you seem to know a little bit about him there, Nate, obviously former Sunderland player.
5: Yeah, so obviously he's a lot more... Um, so, so you've got two, you've got obviously Puritan who's more of a defensive-minded fullback. Pagey's more of a better delivery specialist in terms of a of a fallback, and it's the same now. What we've got for Souls, Soles can whip a ball, and don't get me wrong, but Adam is a lot more. He, he prefers not that he prefers to go the other way, but he doesn't mind going the other way, and he's quick. Um, and I just think it's a, a decent balance we've got now. Anthony was a good player, but his final ball was quite frustrating for me sometimes. Um, so yeah I mean it might take him a few games to get into his stride but I've, again I think it's especially when you're having teams at home um, who, who may sit behind the ball you're going to need someone to get in the wider areas and if you're playing counter attacks away from home Adam can come in useful so um, yeah again all over the pitch I think we've got two for each position and we haven't got any duds
2: yeah I mean who, who do you think will get the nod between Solly and, and Matthews then because that's <sighs> it's, the, it's, it's early the hard, to say yeah, yeah I mean uh, <laughs> I mean yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of it, course I, you got Deji as well. You yeah, can't play there, fit yeah.
5: Adam. I think Adam probably would nick it if, if once he's fully fit and if he's in form. In my opinion, just because the amount he gives us going forward. But if you're going to come up against a tricky winger, which you've got lots in this league, you're going to want a solly because mm. one v one, he's still one of the best defenders yeah. I've ever seen one and one.
2: Excellent. Right, let's start to turn our attention to the home game with Birmingham in just a moment time. But don't forget on Sunday, the Charlton Athletic Women's team are at home against the London City Lionesses, which is sort of. Millwall rejects or something, I don't know. But, um, yeah, a few a few former Charlton players involved in that as well. Um, uh, Ratish uh, Mishra, the, the Addicts manager, uh, is looking ahead to the game and uh, I think he's expecting another tough one.
0: Uh, well, tough weekend just gone. Um, so I think that the best thing is that we've got no layoff this weekend, We're straight into a game, so we can almost forget a little bit about what happened this weekend and, and focus on what I think is going to be a very, very tough test. A, a good game I think it will be an open match where both teams are going to try and win so one that I think whoever's going to come down and watch will see an entertaining game um, but I'd like despite our res- two results only one point so far I am quite pleased with how we're playing um, and we we are getting better and better um, and I think we are due a performance that gets a result with it so I'm hoping that comes this Sunday
5: Had a good form at home last season Remain unbeaten until after Christmas are you looking yeah. to replicate that again this season?
0: Well I of course, I hope so. It's not a place that many teams like coming to play. And So we've got to kind of try and keep that atmosphere there. And the more people that come down and make it difficult for London City, the better. Um, they've got a few familiar faces, so, you know, they'll be used to the surroundings. But I think the way we're playing at the moment, um, whoever comes down, we're going to try and make it as intimidating as we can. Um, and it's an opportunity for us to try and score. And get three points. That's our main aim this Sunday. So, Charlton haven't scored a goal yet. Do you think it's the case of once they score one, the goals will start flooding through? I think so. I mean, we're playing better football than we did last year, in my opinion. Um, We just haven't scored or you know converted our chances yet. But you know, I'm very confident it will with the players we've got. Um, We're playing a different kind of way, a slightly different style. Um, You know, a lot of the focus this week is going to be on you know, can we convert those chances we create? Uh, But you know, I'm not worried. We're still very early on. We're working progress, but the goals will come. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices Ball forward short, sure. good challenge from Cullen, yeah, wins yes. it back for Cullen, can it come to Williams? Williams dives in, gets the ball, Williams on his feet, on a run, Williams,
5: ball inside to Gallagher, it's good, Gallagher shooting chance. Gallagher yes! scores, oh, a win first short goal, the Addicts take the lead, all oh, down to the work, and the determination of Johnny Williams, inside to Conor Gallagher, whose first touch was great, and the finish was excellent.
2: So welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on your first evening, the Big Match Preview. Uh, just had a message on the Charlton Live forum, um, and Don Chris Azdas has already asked about the uh, the injured players, but well, I think we've covered that now. Um says uh, he was glad to have us back as well. Kiwi Valley says, assuming we lose Taylor in January, should we be doing things now to start building up Hemard's role in the team, Tom? Yeah,
4: and I, I think we will start doing that, but at the same point... We've got Taylor now. so You're not just going to bench him now because we might lose him in January. So, yes, I think we'll st- slowly start to bring him in. But like Lewis was talking about earlier, he's had a little bit of international football now. We've seen him a couple of times, but he still looks slightly off the pace. So, yeah, I think we will start to to slowly bed him in. But again, if it's going to be a case of him taking the lead role and Taylor out, then you're just looking at bringing him in and taking Taylor off because you, you're not necessarily playing both up front because then when Taylor goes, he's left on his own. So, it's a difficult one to manage. I think also, behind the scenes, Gallon's going to be looking at, well, if Taylor goes, who do we get in? So they'll also be looking at other sign as well.
2: Right, Birmingham is coming up on Saturday here at the Valley, but in a couple of weeks' time, or in, in a few weeks' time, uh, Nate, we're making the trip over to Fulham. Now, of course, uh, as it is uh, east to west along the, the Thames, mm. there's a, a great excuse to have a boat party.
5: Yes. So, um, obviously, the skipper, Jim, uh, who works on the on the river... He's managed to organise a boat. Um, he will be in and around the Grand before the game in between the um, the North, the Covered End, rather, and the Oak. So he'll be knocking around. There'll be loads of people buying tickets. He'll be on crossbars as well. Um, I'm just trying, to think, just trying to think what he told me. There's, there is a bar on board which you'll be able to buy your alcohol. Um, it's £10 a ticket. Any profits go to charity. Uh, what else have I missed? If you don't, because I know a lot of people are holding off buying the tickets there's a, there's half of them are gone and they're going quite quick over the last couple of days but if you can't get a ticket to the game where the, where it's disembarking there's a pub literally about 30 steps away and then you've got Putney around the corner so even if I don't get a ticket I'm going to do it because it all goes to charity but um, yeah so if you uh, tweet me and then I can give you uh, Jim's uh, Twitter handle if yes, you don't know what you know CACG, it, at, yeah there yeah. you
1: go how um how do you spot Jim in between the uh, oak and the Will he so, have skipper's outfit? Well I, I don't know I'm going to ask him so if he, if he is, <laughs> is listening he's
5: got to dress up as Captain Birdseye <laughs> or something <laughs> uh, he didn't know that but he probably is going to now but um yeah so um, I'll I'm I'm not there Saturday, but I'll tweet out and Jim will obviously tweet out and I'll retweet it. Yeah, and I'm so sort of let Nathan like know if you need the details it's for the... It's a good crack. If anyone's not done it before, yeah. I strongly advise you because yeah, it's so a proper bounce. That's the
2: boat party to the Sky TV game uh, at Fulham. I've done one of the, I've done a couple of those before. They are good fun, so make sure you get in contact with even Nath uh, on Twitter or at CFC Jim to speak to Jim and make sure you get those tickets uh, with the money going to charity. Right, Birmingham... Uh, rolling on into town on Saturday. Um, I, obviously, we always try and uh, grab hold of uh, someone from the opposite team to tell us all about that. Uh, I spoke to the Birmingham Males' Brian Dick to find out how Birmingham's start to the season has gone so far.
7: Yeah, there's been there's two halves to the start, I suppose you could say, Louis. Um, the, the first half is the points, uh, and, and everyone's pretty pleased with 10 points by the uh, by the first international It's the best total for, for a few for a few years. Uh, they're at the right end of the table, uh, and you know, it's sort of, uh, it, it's keeping any any kind of pressure off. I, I think the other half of the uh, of the situation though, is the performances. The, the, the performances, particularly the two away displays at, uh, at at Swansea and Nottingham Forest, where they lost three 0 they they weren't great, and uh, they didn't really show uh, any kind of a, attacking threat at all. Really, they're just they're struggling for a for loss of pace. They've lost to Isaiah Purcell and Che Adams, two of their quicker players. So away from home, that's really causing them problems. Um, at home, they, they've had passages of good play. Um, but again, it, they're, they're still kind of trying out and different personnel within those systems. It's still very much a work in progress. So the performance mm-hmm. levels aren't where they'd want them to be. But the points return probably is. Uh, so, yeah, it's, as you say, it's, uh, it, it, it's it's OK without being spectacular. Yeah.
2: I mean, what were the expectations coming into the season? Because we know all about the off-field problems, the, the points deduction uh, from last year. I mean, I, I imagine fans were probably expecting quite a difficult campaign that was coming
7: up. Well, yeah, I mean, e- e- even if Munk could stay, I think the fact... Uh, you know, we all knew they were going to lose Che Adams and then they sold Jota as well. Um, it was difficult to see a situation in, w- in which they were going to be a lot stronger, if, if indeed as strong. Um, but then well, then was a management change and, and the, the statement from the board saying that they, you know, they wanted to embrace a, a, a new modern footballing philosophy, which which meant a change, change of style to a more possession-based. Uh, that really did... Um, I mean you have to you have to sort of temper your expectations then Um, so you know whilst whilst there isn't necessarily the points deduction thing hanging over them again this season um, you know the fact that they are trying to restyle themselves uh, I think that that sort of that's kind of left a lot of people not really knowing what to expect at all Uh, the owners might might be might be thinking that you know you can just flick the switch and and guarantee a top six finish if you start passing the ball more but you know I think a lot of other people and certainly the evidence of the season so far would suggest that it's just not going to be that easy so do you know what I if you were to offer me a comfortable upper mid-table finish uh, and a good level of progress to to being more possession-based and, and a more expansive side if you were to offer me that at the end of the season I'd, I'd probably take it now
2: and you mentioned the departure of Gary Monk and it's left uh, Pep Clotet in... Uh, is he still in temporary charge? Is that still the case there?
7: Pep Clotet is... Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you say temporary charge. He's, he's, he's caretaker head coach, uh, albeit uh, they claim not to be looking for a uh, for, for a, a, a replacement. It's, it, it is Pep Clotet's job. Um, not really sure why, why there's the insistence on the caretaker title. <laughs> Um, because for all intents and purposes he's the ones ro- running the show uh, in, at least in terms of preparing the team uh, on a day-to-day basis uh, mm. so yeah, there, there has been a, uh, with with Gary Monk going there has still been an element of conti- continuity uh, with Pep Clotter there and uh, two or three others of the backroom team have stayed as well
2: mm. So how would you describe the business that, that Birmingham did in the summer? I mean, I assume that the the uh, the transfer embargo finished, so they were able to to do some stuff.
7: Yeah, they were. So they actually spent quite a lot of money on uh, on, on a Croatian uh, central midfielder called Ivan Sunjic, uh, up, up, upwards of six million. Uh, so you know that that would that would, that figure puts it right up against the, the club record fee. So so they clearly have been able to do business. Uh, they spent seven hundred and fifty k on uh, on Dan Crowley from uh, Villan. Uh, in, in, in the Netherlands, uh, they've bought a couple of a couple of other players in as well from Spain, Alvaro Jimenez and um, Fran Villalba. So they, they have they have definitely, you know, they, they've bought new a new style of players in to try and uh, try and expedite this 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 new sort of possession based philosophy that I was talking about. However, where they've left themselves really short. Is up front, Adams has gone. Obviously, they then sold Isaac the cell later on as well, which has left them with just Lucas Jukovic and, and this Alvaro Jimenez that I was talking about. So, they've actually only got two senior strikers. Um, so it to my mind, you know, that that is a real it, 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 you'd say the. Transfer window been pretty good or okay before that, but that, you know that, that's a real point in the debit column on, on that front.
2: Yeah. So looking ahead to Saturday, obviously, um, Cheltenham are in very good form. Have had a great start to the season. Birmingham, uh, I mean, as we've mentioned, their away form has been pretty poor. And they, they had that win on the opening day at Brentford. How do you see Saturday's go, uh, game going? How do you think uh, Birmingham will try and uh, attack the game?
7: Um, or oh, if indeed they do try and attack the game, they, I mean one of the big criticisms of Swansea was that they were they were so defensive. Uh, I think a big part of that is the fact that they just hadn't got that much pace in the side. Um, Charl- uh, Charlton will clearly be a different proposition to Swansea. They're, they're, they're not, you know, as far as I understand it, they're, they're not as as possession based as, uh, as Swansea are. So I think the task will be different. Might be slightly better to better suited to, to, to Birmingham. Um, However, I I mean, your your guy's record at home, I I did a quick check the other other day, and if you you take out the the Doncaster uh, playoff defeat, you have to go back a long while, don't you, for Mm -hmm. a a defeat in the league at the Valley. So on on that basis and the momentum you've got, I think think Blues are probably happy to come away with a point.
2: There we go, Brian Dick giving us the uh, heads up on... uh, Saturday's opponents um, he ends it in a lot more realistic way than Jonathan Lowe did Tom we we forgot (laughs) to organise that fight between you and the Reading journalist Jonathan Lowe yeah we never saw him that's a shame but um, he, he is talking about how Birmingham would be happy with a point and that is it's kind of what I was hoping to hear because i think their their away record has been particularly poor now we know they went to brentford on the opening day of the season won a game by somehow scoring a header from 25 yards out and that was their only (laughs) effort on goal throughout the whole game and they've been battered 3-0 in each of the last three away games including the cup games so you know that's kind of the you know before getting too far ahead of yourselves that's kind of what you want to hear isn't it i love it i think it's brilliant from us yeah and um
4: as players, that's exactly what you want to hear as well, because it's going to give you confidence going into that game. The Charlton players, that is. Birmingham players, obviously not. But um, yeah, and I think, again, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, it's the respect we deserve at the moment, because best part of the year at home, we've had, what, one defeat? And uh, as he says, not counting the Doncaster one, which we're not, because Huddersfield didn't, did they, that time? So um, yeah, we've got a very, very good home record, and they've got a very bad away record. So when you look at it like that on paper, it seems like it should be a result that you can call. But there's been the international break um, and you you just can't tell what's going to happen. But if I was a Charlton player and I heard that the Birmingham players or Birmingham fans coming down were a little bit nervous about coming here, it's got to give you confidence Mm. to try and build on what's already a very impressive home record.
2: Yeah. I mean, we talk about their away form. We talk about how they're going to come and sit behind us, now. Do you think that'll make? Do you think we've got the, the talent in the squad this year to to get beyond that? Because I'd say even last year, I mean, especially towards the end of it, when when teams were trying to do that, we'd still beat them four 0 So, you know, with our home form, we've got to be seen as a favourites.
5: Yeah, I think we will be. Um, the only worry I have is if Lyle don't play Saturday, um, and they do sit behind the ball, is that we don't go too direct to Chucks or Hemed whoever starts
2: if anybody you'd starts. say if, if Williams or yeah. or, uh, Aaron or Zuma are on the pitch you can't imagine we would go yeah, too direct because I we've mean, got two players that can carry the ball there
5: yeah but it's in terms of like our full backs it's easier to go direct but I think we will be the favourites um, of, of course we will be but it, the onus will be on us to attack teams and I think in recent years we may have struggled but like you say we've got Williams and Ozuma, who are clever on the ball and can create space and go and drive into different spaces and um I just think we need to just, you know, be respectful because it is a difficult league. But I think, yeah, for sure we'll be favourites and a lot of teams won't want to come here because they know it's a different, difficult place to come, especially when the crowd are up and, you know, we get a fast start. So it should be a good game, but I'd consider us strong favourites, to be fair.
2: Obviously, Birmingham a big club, um, but one that have had their, their problems over the last few years. Lewis, we saw that that, that transfer embargo and that points deduction last year. Do um, Sort of at an alright start, as we heard there from, from Brian Dick. But at the same time, you know, with that away form, they, they will be there for the taking, you sort of feel. But they are backed by a set-out away end, which could always play its part here. I mean, Lee Bowyer knows all about Birmingham City. He's, he's adored by Birmingham fans. Bowyer, yeah, he won a, uh, the League Cup trophy in his time up there. I think he had two seasons there. Um, so the atmosphere is going to be red hot. And that's, that's going to be something to look forward to.
3: Yeah, definitely. But I think it'll be rocking from our end as well. It has been all season. So yeah, it'd be a tasty affair, won't it? It's gonna be pretty loud inside the valley. So it always makes a Saturday special, doesn't it? When you've when you've got that atmosphere in there as well. So they'll they'll bring a tough contest. I mean, I've no doubt Birmingham. Are, we're not gonna take them. You know, we're not gonna take them for granted. It's gonna be a tough test. Every game in this division will be. But I just fancy us at the moment at home. I fancy us to beat anybody and. Birmingham have been a bit of a topsy-turvy club. You know, they lost, lost Gary Monk in the summer and they've got Pep Clotet there at the moment, which is, he, he had a bit of a poor spell at Oxford, I seem to remember. So he's me looking to prove himself. Their away form isn't, isn't great. So, it's, you know, all the signs are there for us to win it. I just want to get overconfident. I'm just going to take each game as it comes and, and you know, see when we win the league at the end of the season. Yeah, comfortable
2: right. 10-0 home win coming. Exactly. Right, yeah. um, Lee Bowyer, of course, uh, looked ahead to it from a more Charlton point of view. And uh, this is what he had to say.
6: Um, it's going to be different, really, to to what we've faced so far. I think um, they're, they're very solid out of possession. That they get into their shape really, really quickly, um, and, and we have to break them down. Uh, I think from the games that I've watched, that they're that they're very solid, and they they've got players that can hurt you going the other way. They, for me they've got a striker that's, that's very good, um, set pieces they're good but we have to be patient, we're, we're going to have a, a, a lot of possession I think um, and we've got to move the ball quickly because if we don't then we're just playing to their hands. Um, so yeah, if we do the things right, what, what we've done so far this season then, then, then it would be an interesting game. Obviously the first goal will be massive. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a different challenge for us this weekend.
2: Um,
3: Deji Oshilaja obviously missed out at Reading, having picked
2: up
6: the injury the week before. Uh, Is he back fit? Yeah, Deji's training. Um, He trained Tuesday for the first day, so he'll train again today and tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, he needs to catch up a little bit. But, yeah, he's... um, He's back training now, which is which is good for us.
5: One of the other positives for the international break was Beran Kayal getting some minutes in both games
6: coming
3: yeah. off the bench for Israel. Um, that must step him up and, and get him closer to involvement?
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, again, that was the most important thing for him. I, I said to him before he went, look, we we need you to go and play games, you know, like go and get some minutes under your belt and get a bit of sharpness back into you. Um, that's all he was lacking. So uh, hopefully I'll see him today. And, and, and he would have picked up a bit of sharpness and, and which can only be positive for us so uh, we'll see where he's at but yeah that, that's been a plus for us and I'm
3: assuming obviously Adam Matthews got his 90 minutes uh, on Monday for
6: the 23s um, but I'm guessing he needs to get a few more of those under his belt right? yeah he needs a couple more of them um, he, he just needs the minutes he, he missed pre-season that, that's a, a lot to miss you know so uh, but yeah slowly but surely we'll get him up to speed and uh, and then start competing for the right-back position.
2: There we go. There was Lee Bowyer looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Birmingham City. Um, Terry, I mean, obviously, uh, no Lyle Taylor. Do you think we've got adequate cover? Yes, I do. Uh,
1: I mean, because... Well, I say obviously, it might not well, be no yeah, Lyle exactly. Taylor. Who Nothing's knows, obvious in this game. Uh, a lot of, um, uh, of our positive plays come from the, the work done um, in midfield and wide areas. I mean, the... the Take the first half against Forrest when we were absolutely... Uh, well, they couldn't live with us. It was all to do with the movement and the, and the pressing. So, if we can do that again, I'm not saying it doesn't matter who we got up top, because that's obviously not true. But, um, you know, I think uh, the likes of Chucks and, and even uh, Tom Hamed, if, uh, if he does play, I think can feed off that type of service and that type of uh, uh, pressure football. Then... Um, then I think, yeah, we'll be okay. But we've got to, play, and obviously the midfielder and, and defence and everybody's got to perform like that mm. for that to work.
2: It, it's a tough one, Nave, to decide, I mean, which way we're going to go in a few certain areas. So we're going to look at the likes of Johnny Williams, who's, who's been away on international duty and played really well, he's in the form of his life. Uh, but may well, you know, he's, he's had a couple of games or a, a couple of spells in, in 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 the team with Wales, um, and then you've got Aaron Zuma, who needs games, need fitness. But in the game he has played, has been brilliant. So you, you just wonder if there is going to be a little bit of switching between those two as 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 the season goes on.
5: Yeah, I'd imagine so. Um, obviously, like you say, Erhan needs some minutes. Uh, it Wouldn't surprise me if Johnny starts and probably comes off after 70 minutes and gives Erhan 20. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, it's a nice. It's a nice situation to be in because that first half against um, Forrest, was is one of the... It's the best I've seen us play in a long, long time in terms of possession and pressing, like Tell was saying. Um, but yeah, I think yeah they'll need to change it up a bit. But it's nice to, to have that, have to, two great players, um, quite different players, um, to sort of complement the way we play. And I think when you said earlier about, you know, we're trying to beat teams at home... You, that's what, what I thought we always lacked. Even when we won, even when we won League One, we had like we had Dow Stevens and that, but we never really had that tricky sort of number ten. And I think that's what can win us games. And I'm, it's not really a bad situation I try to have one of them playing, is it? Really? Mm.
2: Now, one one position that or one player perhaps who. He hasn't hasn't played as much as I guess he would have hoped at the moment is uh, is Naby son I, mean, I was just thinking about that defence do you think really now that we've got our first choice centre-halves if we're playing two at the back are now Piercy and Lockyer
3: yeah I'd say so yeah and it's probably quite harsh on Naby because he was you know sensational last season but it, it's one of those things where I think maybe maybe Piercy's that bit more suited to championship football I think Naby can get caught flapping a couple of times I think he he thinks he has more time on the ball than he actually has and in the Championship, people are on the press so quickly. And I think it's just... It's one of those heart-in-mouth players, isn't it? If he gets caught in possession, it, they're going to capitalise on those mistakes a lot more than someone would in League One. So, other than, I just think Piercy is is a leader and he's someone that you need when you're battling out. You know, like we had with the Brentford game when we were really battling, weren't we, to, mm-hmm. to, get a, uh, to get the three points. And you need someone like Jason Pearce that's like that's going to throw himself in front of the ball and, and, and things like that. So, and Lockyer... We, at the start of the season, nave said it really early on. He was becoming a bit of a scapegoat, but I mean, look at him now. He's he's been fantastic. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. and both were sort of talking earlier on, Tom, about how obviously the first goal is going to be very important in this game because Birmingham do like to to try and sit back and you know soak it up when they're away from home. And they did get that first goal at, at Brentford on the, on the opening day and, and and went on to win. Albeit, I think Brentford hit the crossbar two or three times, but you know we we've seen teams do that before. Do you think this season there is more of a more of an ability to have a plan B, which we haven't had before?
4: yeah I do I think we've got to have that that patience now and we we've spoken about it in a couple of games already the Brentford one that we played him obviously being a prime example where we managed to get that goal against the runner play and then and then hang on despite the chances they had so yes, we do have to be patient. I think we've got the players that can pick a pass and can unlock a defense like that and Boya said it himself there the the way you beat a team that are stubborn and sit back like that is moving the ball quickly playing them eventually they will get out of position space will open up and then you need a player like a Notzuma or a Williams who can play the killer pass in and you need someone like Lyle who'll take half a chance and put it away and that's the way you break them down and once you get that goal they have to come out and they have to start playing a bit and suddenly they're going to leave themselves exposed so it's a, it's a, is a crucial first goal um, but I, I think it'll probably be us that gets it and we, we've we just got to bide our time if we haven't scored in the first 10-15 minutes and we're Knocking that door down, then just keep going and keep going and keep going because we will get there. It's the same as we did against Forest in that first half.
2: And one thing we did see Terry at the Reading game. I know you weren't there, but I mean, we have shown that if we can get our noses in front and Reading, Reading had to come out at us in that second half. I mean, we had the, the quality to pick them off and, and to get into their penalty area so many times in that second half. So if we can, if we can edge ahead and Birmingham start to open up and try and
1: find a find, find an equaliser, I really think that we are going to have the ability to to, to find a second goal. Yeah, I agree with you, and more so than perhaps the teams they've played already. They, they were a goal down um, at to, at home to Stoke and came back to win it two, one, two quick goals in the last quarter now. Uh, so they have the ability to to come back at teams, but I don't think Stoke carry the threat that we do. And um, clearly, if, if we do get our noses in front... Uh, Sto- uh, Birmingham don't seem to know what the, what their best shape is. I mean, they started five three two, and then they changed it again, and then they're back to four four two. So in the games they've played so far, they're still, I think, searching for the right formula. So if we can catch them uh, cold, Where they still don't know what, quite what their right formula is, then then that would be perfect. And, uh, and I think certainly with the the way we've played so far this season, uh, we're quite capable of doing that.
2: Excellent stuff. Right, let's have a quick round-robin of your predictions then. Right to left. Uh, I know Terry won't do it because he doesn't do predictions, but Lewis? 2-0 uh, Charlton. 2-0 Charlton, Tom? 4-0. 4-0 to the Addicts, Nath? 3-0. 3-0 Charlton. There we go. Clean right. sweep. Birmingham. Clean sweep, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent stuff right we run out on time on uh, this evening's big match preview thank you for listening we'll be back here on Sunday evening uh, to look back at whatever happens against Birmingham uh, a comprehensive victory according to all of our, our predictions um, I've, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this evening's show thank you to Lewis Tom Terry and Nathan all for coming in. much love mate cheers and, and Terry for bringing new chairs to the studio and don- uh, donuts uh, yeah, and donuts oh. as well yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like, it's like Father <laughs> Christmas I'm, I'm, I'm start, starting to wonder if Terry is Father Christmas just the rest of the year round like yeah excellent stuff right so um, We'll be back on Sunday. I've been Louis Mendes. I hope you've enjoyed listening to tonight's big match preview. Let's hope that the addicts can continue their fine start to the season on Saturday afternoon. We shall see you later.